0: Hello, and welcome to the unorthodox banter podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to help elicit the change in the lives of individuals by addressing and discussing areas that affect us mentally and emotionally, while encouraging you to start having some conversations that may seem unorthodox, but is necessary for the type of growth that you want to see in your life. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Unorthodox Banter Podcast. My name is Jimmy and I'm happy to be sharing with you again today. I hope your week has gone well, and I hope you are anticipating the weekend just as much as I am. Um, this week, I wanted us to talk on the topic emotional regulation. And I think a lot of times, you know, when it comes to understanding our emotions the way that we do respond in certain situations typically end up creating more chaos or more conflict for us than what's actually necessary so i wanted to start off by actually defining what emotional regulation is and then kind of getting into like the impact of not being able to regulate our emotions and and then hopefully round up on ways in which we could gradually work on improving this. So starting out, I wanted to use a definition that was coined by Marsha Lineham. She's actually a theorist who developed one of the therapies that's often used. It's called DBT, and she defined emotional regulation as the ability to control or influence which emotions you have when you express the emotions and how you experience the emotions it's simply the ability to regulate or to modulate your emotions now if i'm going to give a really basic example let's think about a child who maybe is told that they can't play with a certain toy and because of that they are really really upset But maybe because they either don't have the proper vocabulary to really express what they're feeling, or you know, it's just happening too fast for them to process, they just begin to express their frustration by either breaking things, or throwing things, or kicking and screaming. Now, naturally, what probably elicited that reaction is not necessarily equivalent to the reaction that we got. It's more so heightened levels and maybe whatever it is that they're feeling, they just want to kind of express it all at once. Now, we see this often with kids that have temper tantrums, but imagine being an adult and I guess we can call it like an adult tantrum. After a while, it kind of stops being cute, even for kids sometimes. It's not really the cutest thing, but typically, we can kind of understand, we're a little bit more patient, I guess, in trying to help them learn how to use their words and learn how to express what it is that they're feeling. But once we kind of step into adulthood, this begins to create conflict in so many other areas. Now, we talked a little bit in the past about what happens to the brain when there is a chronic threat to safety or a constant underlying factor of anxiety. And as we've kind of discussed in the past, we understand that our brain really forms connections to different experiences that we have. And when it comes to regulating our emotions, if we don't use something, we lose it. So if we get to a place where we have certain feelings or we have certain thoughts or we have certain experiences, but we are not necessarily able to properly process them. Our brain kind of codes how we've responded in the past. And if for whatever reason, that was something that was effective for us at that point in time, that's what we continue to utilize. What becomes an issue though, is when it creates more conflict Let's say you are driving down the road, someone cuts you off, and you're irritated. You're really, really upset about that, right? Maybe you you had to hit your brakes really hard, it startled you, and in that moment, yes, you might be justified to be frustrated, or yes, you might be justified to be irritated, but the way that you respond might be with extreme anger and You know, you might see someone who ends up chasing this person as they're driving. Um, They might rear end them or, you know, we've even heard of situations where a person pulls out a gun while they're driving, right? Other examples could possibly be, let's say you have planned to go like on a romantic date with your partner and last minute they cancel the date on you and Because of that, you now begin to equate in your mind that, okay, well, because this person canceled on me, they must not love me. And because they don't love me, I am going to just automatically end this relationship with them. What we begin to see is the inability to properly regulate what you're feeling. So if we're going to use kind of like a scale, you experience something maybe on a level one or two, But then how you respond to it might show up like at a level 10. Now, because there is difficulty with regulating the emotions, more than likely when you come down, you're not going to come down back to a level two. You might still feel these emotions lingering and you might come back maybe to like a five or six but then imagine something else happening that triggers another level of emotion for you. So you're now at a six. Remember before we were at a one or two, it kind of went up to like a 10. We came back down to a six. So now something else happens and triggers you. So now we're not going to go back to a 10 because we we never return back to our baseline. So there are still emotions that are still present that maybe you're trying to control. Maybe you're trying to suppress. Maybe you're trying to handle. But then by being triggered again, we now go from like a six to a 12. So, ultimately, with emotional regulation, it is very important to know how to really process what it is that you're feeling in a healthy way so that ultimately, when that incident has passed, it's not something that is all consuming for you, but rather you are able to kind of properly code the experience that you're having. Now, whatever the outcome is of the type of emotion that you're having. We know that it puts us on edge, right? But an individual that is having difficulty with regulating their emotion, like we said, you automatically do not return back to that place of peace, back to that baseline. Rather, you're on high alert. So now somebody who is on high alert is in a sense paying attention to other moments where offense may occur. So you now have someone who is kind of on edge, nonstop, and they are actually waiting for offenses to occur. They're prepared for it. They, They know how to respond. They know how to show up. And again, the response that they give is not necessarily equivalent to what they've experienced, but to them, that's how they know how to express themselves. So emotional dysregulation which is the inability to regulate your emotions is typically seen in individuals who have a background of invalidating environments. So let's say, for example, you grew up in an environment where your emotions were not validated. You felt like you always had to fight for a certain response. You always had to fight for, um, I guess, to be treated fairly or to feel as if you were respected or feel as if you were being heard. You adopt that. And because you adopt that, there's this kind of mentality that you kind of have to fight for everything. Now, there are things that have happened to us that we are not responsible for whatsoever. However, the issue now becomes when we have a little bit more influence over how we show up, and if we are constantly using our past experiences to justify our current reactions, That's when it really begins to create a lot more chaos for us. That's when it really begins to strain our relationships. That's when it really begins to um, impact the closeness that we can develop with people, the level of respect that people have for us. Because after a while, it becomes, I would say, like a rehearsed response. But ultimately, if we're being completely honest, it's a choice. Now, Not only is this seen with individuals who have a background of invalidating environments, but this can also be seen with individuals who experience a lot of feelings of fear, loss of control, the possibility of being rejected, not necessarily knowing how things are going to turn out because there's this tendency for them to be hyper alert, the way they respond typically is exaggerated. Now, on the outside, it looks like a person might be overreacting. However, unfortunately, it reproduces negative preconceived notions that people have. So what that means is you looking at an individual who finds it difficult to regulate their emotions, like, well, why, why are you acting like that? That was out of line. That was uncalled for. It didn't have to go that extreme. You went from zero to 100 that was not necessary. However, for that person experiencing whatever it is that they are experiencing, there is, like, like we've said, this preconceived notion of how people see them, of how people treat them, of the level of respect that people have for them. And because in their mind, they kind of have this preconceived notion, it doesn't lend to them improving themselves. Because all they need is for one more thing to validate that thought that they have, and to them, they're justified. I want us to keep in mind that emotions aren't necessarily good or bad. I tell my clients that you can't necessarily be judged for what you feel. What you feel is what you feel. If I feel cold, you can't get mad at me because I'm cold, it's what I'm feeling. Now, my level of response to it is more so what I am responsible for. So, because we know that emotions aren't necessarily good or bad, it's more so about identifying them rather than being consumed by them. And that's where the emotional regulation comes in. A person that is not able to properly regulate their emotions are, in a sense, consumed by what they feel. And when we are consumed by what we feel, the thing about feelings is that they're fluid, they change. So, you might be happy in one minute, and then something happens. You might be irritated the next minute. You might be sad following after shortly after that. You might get excited. It changes, and because it changes, if we focus solely on what we feel rather than using the emotions as type of cues to give us insight into what's going on with us, it doesn't always produce the best results. So emotions in a sense are sending a message. But the question is do you connect to the message or do you react based on how you feel? Because our emotions change, that means that we have the tendency or we have the there's a possibility that we can change multiple times in such a short period of time. Now, it's difficult to deal with a person who you don't know what you're gonna get. You don't know if they're gonna be happy. You don't know if they're gonna be sad. You don't know what's gonna set them off. You don't know what's going to trigger them. So quite naturally, like we've said, like I've said, it makes sense as to how people that find it difficult to regulate their emotions are kind of difficult to deal with because there is so much that is unknown when it comes to them. And quite honestly, I believe that to a certain extent, it's somewhat of a defense mechanism. And due to the fact that maybe past experiences have taught you that people really don't care about you, people really don't care about your feelings, it kind of creates this wall. So your goal or an individual's goal at that point who is often triggered is really to do whatever it is that they need to do in that moment to protect themselves. That it doesn't really take into consideration the people around them. It doesn't really take into consideration how it impacts people around them. It's just more so this is what I feel and this is what I wanna do because this is what I feel. Now individuals that find it difficult to regulate their emotions are often people who are in a chronic state of stress, people who have experienced past trauma, people that are dealing with anxiety and depression, people who have reactive personalities, or even people who might be aware of what they're actually feeling and what they're able to tolerate. So because of that, it begins to show up in ways that continuously create a strain. And if a person is in a chronic state of stress, their emotions, that the emotions that they now possess that might be changing from time to time, it doesn't make it easier because ultimately it's still coming from an unknown place. You don't know what's gonna happen in the next moment. So because of that, they become just more reactive more than anything. Other factors that might contribute to emotional dysregulation could be biological factors. Um, it could be addiction. It could be sleep deprivation. It could be nutritional issues. That, that means maybe like a poor diet or, you know, you know hangry, people that are hangry. <laughs> I get hangry sometimes. And it's more so important to ask yourself, what is a function of my behavior? Why am I doing what I'm doing? Why is it more rewarding for me to be reactive or for me to be angry than for me to maybe take some time and think about my response before responding? If we're able to kind of take some time and do that evaluation, you can take a look at your history and take a look at how you've shown up in past situations and really use that to assess How beneficial that is for you, or how detrimental it is for you. And then you can be that individual to make that decision on whether or not it supports the type of life that you're wanting to live, or if it calls for a shift in how you show up. So, to kind of go a little bit further, when we talk about ways to improve our ability to regulate our emotions. Some of the things that I would really recommend is first and foremost, labeling our emotions. And this is difficult for some more than others, just because we tend to rely on some of the core emotions that we typically know, happy, angry, sad. And we don't really Utilize the expansive vocabulary that that might be present in actually expressing how we feel so one of the things that I will do this week In between this podcast and the next podcast is actually post something that I really love using with my clients I really love using it myself when I have issues kind of identifying what's going on for me and what i'm feeling It's called the feelings will and it's a will that is broken up into different categories, but it helps us expand what we feel. It helps us put a label onto what we feel. And I think when we're able to label our emotion, it helps us adjust our reaction. Another way that we can improve our ability to regulate our emotions is by identifying what expressive behaviors do you notice. So when you are triggered, how do you typically express yourself? Do you just automatically just kind of go at someone? Do you automatically shut down? What What is it that comes up? what are your thoughts in the moment? How did you interpret the event again in the moment? So it's not necessarily saying how did you interpret the event after everything is said and done, but rather it's more so when that situation occurred, when when whatever it is that triggered you happened, what did you, what did your mind tell you was happening? What did you understand about what was going on? Because again, if we're naturally predisposed to feeling as if our emotions are going to be invalidated, then sometimes we just automatically shut down. And the message that we might tell ourselves is nobody cares, or this happened on purpose, or this person intentionally did this thing to irritate me. So now I have to respond in this way to defend myself. You want to know what message it is that you're telling yourself in that moment so that we can... At that point, begin to really evaluate and see, is it even the message that I'm sending to myself that's causing me to respond this way? Did I misinterpret something? Another one would be being aware of the after effects of your reactive responses. So after you might've responded in whatever way you choose to, what are the after effects of it? How do people typically respond towards your reaction? Does it typically create gap between you and the people that are in your life? Does it typically cause people to not want to be around you? Does it typically create a strain? You want to know what the after effect of it is because sometimes your level of understanding might be limited just due to your own past experiences. And, And for an individual that finds it difficult to regulate their emotions, sometimes we have to rely on the cues that we get from others. So you, we want to know how our reactive responses are actually received. What message are we getting back from the people that we might react towards so that that can kind of give us a gauge of whether or not this was actually necessary or not. Maybe you didn't intend to go that far. Maybe the way your response was received might not necessarily have been your intention, but you do need to pay attention to how other people respond to that because that can be something that will give you a cue in regards to improving your behavior in the future. Another good one that I typically recommend is a mental rehearsal. Kind of taking the time out to really rehearse how to handle negativity how to handle difficult conversations. Yes, we might have to have difficult conversations. Yes, you might be triggered, but rather than just automatically responding, taking some time out to really process what is it that I want to say? What is it that I want to do? What are possible consequences if I choose to follow this path? Because if we are able to kind of slow down and really think about our chosen method of response, then that can give us the ability to either identify maybe we're going too far or maybe we're interpreting this the wrong way. Knowing your triggers. I recommend list your top five triggers. If you understand that you know how you respond or how you react to certain things that happen aren't always um, matching up to maybe the experience that you had, And sometimes you might feel as if you, you go overboard, know your triggers because your triggers are often going to be the same. And if you at least know that, okay, when this happens, I'm triggered, it gives you this mental ability to kind of prepare yourself in the event that you are triggered in the future. Everyone is not going to know your triggers, but it is your responsibility to identify what those triggers are for yourself. Everyone's triggers are different. So someone who feels as if they, they're they not cared for, a trigger might be someone canceling on you at the last minute and that automatically sets you off. You need to know what it is that causes you to go from that level of zero to 100 so that at the very least, even in the event that something like that does happen in the future, you're kind of mentally prepared for how to respond alternatively rather than the way that you typically would respond. And then lastly, what reinforces your current emotions? And this typically will go back to our thoughts. What are those things that reinforce things that you feel? What are those things that reinforce the feeling that I always have to be on the defense? What are those things that reinforces the beliefs that I'm not cared for or I'm an afterthought to people? Identify them so that at the very least, you're not just responding to your own trauma, but you're responding in a way that ultimately brings about resolution because someone that feels isolated or someone that is constantly triggered, I, I would like to believe that we don't like that. I would like to believe that it's not something that we thrive in more so it's just something that's become normalized. So it's really about understanding what are the things that reinforces the current emotion. so at least you have a good level of awareness of that. And again, you're able to now decide how I want to respond in the future. Practice makes perfect. This is not something that you're going to try and implement today and it's just going to take full effect the next day. No, it's going to take time, but as long as this is something that is at the forefront of your mind and you're actively working towards it, we can begin to see the changes that we want to see. So in the moment... I want to leave you with a couple of things to think about. What are the facts? Whenever you are triggered, identify what are the facts of this situation? Not just the emotions that I'm feeling, not just um, how frustrated I am, how disappointed I am, how sad I am, how ecstatic I am, right? Because emotions, like I said, aren't you know just negative or positive. It's It's, I guess the response that you have to certain situations that you go through. So you wanna identify what are the facts. Sometimes we make decisions based off of past experiences and not necessarily what's happening right then and there in the moment. So taking time to really clarify the facts can help you respond better. What you're processing, is it emotional or is it factual? Is your logic based on how you feel or what you actually know what are the things that can be proven you know we at this point we want to kind of balance out what we're thinking and what we're feeling so that our reactions aren't so extreme and then i also believe it's important to even identify if you are able to recall similar situations where your emotions could have actually been disproven. So if we're working based off of a history of thoughts or history um, of past experiences where we've experienced something similar, can you identify moments where your emotions could have actually been disproven in the past? Because a lot of times we just focus on what typically supports the thoughts that we have. And if the thoughts that we have are negative, We're not necessarily going back in the archive to find positive situations that's occurred as well. We're really just staying stuck on the the negative things, which ultimately triggers us. And then lastly, the importance of remaining aware of your natural stress responses, because if you are in a situation or if you are in a period where you are experiencing extreme levels of stress more than likely the response that we give is going to be exaggerated. So these are certain things that we can work on paying a bit more attention to so that how we show up in the future is not necessarily so extreme. And again, as you gradually begin to work on identifying how to properly regulate what it is that you're feeling, over time, it becomes something that we can improve. Over time, it becomes something that... We don't necessarily have to be so reactive about, but it's, it's a way that we can just gradually respond to what's happening for us. I hope that this has been helpful and I hope this is something that you can really apply. Take some time out to kind of really assess how do you respond to certain emotional situations? How do your emotions influence how you show up and how you respond in situations? And if you feel as if, There are moments where you find it difficult to react in what you would identify a healthy way. These are some things that you could possibly utilize to better help you navigate through them and also help you improve the relationships that you have with people rather than increase the strain that is present in the relationships due to the level of response that you have in situations. So... I hope um, this has been something that's helpful for you. I hope you have an amazing weekend and I look forward to sharing with you again next week. Have a great one. Bye-bye.